little word of warning that this podcast contains swears and use of explicit sexual language. Therefore, it is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18 or anyone who thinks a dating trend means wearing flares. I'm ahead of the game. Welcome back to the Smut Drop. This is your weekly roundup to the more eccentric side of sex and relationships from metro.co.uk. I'm Miranda Kane, and on this week's show, I'll be looking at what people are trying to find on first dates, having a chat to Alex Fox about dating trends and how to survive them, and hearing your first date suggestions. If you like what you hear, then please rate, review, or at least just subscribe. And I hope you're ready because I'm about to cuff into the mic because it's cuffing season. <music> Greetings, dearest listener. So what do you look for on a first date? Is it good shoes, nice hair, good vibes? Or are you looking for something a little less skin deep? According to all things Metro, new data from Hinge suggests that 93% of people are looking for emotional vulnerability on a date, surpassing superficial things like looks. Now, does being emotional on a first date sound scary? If it does, then you are not alone. 75% of men said they never or very rarely show vulnerability on a first date, with 40% of them worrying that it would be a turn-off. Now, I am a Cancerian, so by nature, I am an emotional crab. I keep everything locked up in a nice little hard shell, and when people say, oh, be a bit more vulnerable, then I really overthink it and some terrible things come spilling out. And if you're like me, you're already panicking about sharing, I don't know, like childhood traumas with some random bloke from Plenty of Fish called Dave. Now, if you are, then don't worry. It is a lot less about oversharing and more about just being yourself. People want their dates to open up about their values, feelings and relationships, hopes and fears. So here are three things that you can bear in mind. Logan Uri, Director of Relationship Science at Hinch. Number one, share something personal. That's right. Forget about small talk about the weather. Share what's going on for you in your life. Go deeper about a hobby or a topic you're passionate about, something you've learned that's changed your perspective or really challenged you. Your date will appreciate your candour and the conversation will be a lot more memorable. Number two, be yourself. Oh, yeah, 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 I know. Oh my God, it sounds so cliche. But basically, just don't present an edited smoothed out version of yourself. So if you've got caught in the rain, don't worry about it. If you're coming straight from work, that's fine. I went on my first date after lockdown, my first date in about two years, post lockdown, and I really overthought my outfit and I ended up like looking quite the dick. So don't do that. Just be upfront from the beginning about who you are so you don't have to do a big reveal later on. Number three, this is an easy one. Put your phone away. <laughs> Using your phone during a date is a surefire way to cut short circuit and emotional bond because people will be less willing to share if they feel like you're distracted and it will also take you out of the moment. 
So instead, kick off the date by asking the other person how they'd feel about the two of you putting your phones out of sight. That's quite a nice way to kick off the date. It will show you care and increase your chances of the date going well. Mm. If you're wondering about how to go a bit deeper, there are loads of great icebreaker questions you can find on the internet. And something that we've talked about previously has been to stick to open questions. You know open questions. They're the ones that you can't just answer with yes or no. But do you know who I would never say no to? It's this week's guest. Ladies and gentlemen, gays and theys. Tis the month before Christmas, and so for that reason, the singletons gather and start cuffing season. Yes, it's that magical time of the year when people feel the most compelled to start new relationships. But what other dating trends are there for the 2023 Daters Almanac? Fortunately, this week's guest is here to chat about all of that and give her own dating tips to see us through the winter. She's broadcaster, writer, relationship guru and original rump shaker. It's Alex Fox. Yay! What an intro! (laughs) That was B-E-A-utiful. Although rump shaker makes me sound like I'm doing some sort of dalliance with a piece of steak, I think. (laughs) Um, hopefully not a mistake. We shall see. Um, how are you feeling, Miri? You seem in very good Christmassy spirits, like uh, your, your, your baubles are, are jangling and your hall has been dicked with holly. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a Christmas tree shoved up my arse and everything. I am <laughs> very... I love a bit of Christmas. I've, I've I've started doing my Christmas decoration shopping, so I've started getting a bit of tinsel in. I've got fairy lights on my window all year round anyway, so I'm, I'm very happy. And I... I love the fact that we're getting all these like dating seasons as well. Like it, it, it is like having an almanac, being able to go, right, okay, so this is why I feel this way because it's winter and it's, you know, cold. So this is why it's cuffing season. And I love all of these dating trends that are coming out. Where have they come from, Alex? What is happening? I, I really like the use of the term almanac because it gives me back <laughs> to the future vibes. And we are yeah. kind of talking about looking back uh, in order to predict the future of dating. Um, the specific reason that I've come to Natter and Chatter with you on the show today uh, is on behalf of the dating app Plenty of Fish. Now, they have a bit of a, a pre-Christmas tradition where every year um, they look at upcoming dating trends by asking a sample of a 1,000 UK singletons about their dating habits. Now, this might seem a little bit odd because, I mean, dating has been around pretty much since the dawn of humanity, right? Mm. I think our ancestors probably knew about stuff like the concept of an old flame or a third wheel before they actually knew about fire and vehicles. <laughs> but, so, so dating is quite, you know, it's, the idea of courting somebody and of uh, and of being attracted to someone and trying to find a match that is age old but dating does not exist in a bubble dating is affected by socioeconomic trends technological advances uh, current affairs even like the behavior of celebrities and those things influence our own behaviors and the behaviors of those who we might meet and match with on apps or or in the real world so Plenty of Fish did this poll of a thousand people and they've come up with nine key trends that they reckon are going to be um, impactful on all of us as we move forward into the next year. And when you say these are things that have been influenced by celebrities and 
trends and things like that. Are you talking like about like things like TikTok and people doing things on TikTok and then you're like, oh, well, that's a that's a certain thing. Like, is that where where the names for these dating trends are coming from? Some of it comes from social media. Some of it comes from um, really big headline TV shows like Love Island. A lot of discussions about dating involve talk talk about psychology and behavioural science. And that can be quite inaccessible for a lot of people, involve quite complex, complicated academic terminology and, and, uh, and, and ideas, really. And I think talking about these things in a way that makes it more accessible and that gets us all examining our own behaviour and that of other people in a way that we can just chat about with our mates. I think that that's quite useful, really. I do wonder whether there's an argument for more of these trends being centred around positive, good, decent behaviour, as well as identifying uh, the ways in which maybe we're being treated poorly or, or letting other people down. I did have a go at writing the balance myself a few years ago by in- inventing the term caspering. Have you heard of this? No. Okay, so caspering is friendly ghosting. It's the idea <laughs> that it is 100% fine to say to somebody, I no longer want to continue this relationship. I actually don't maybe want to continue a connection with you. I'm not feeling it. I, I, you know, let's let's go our own ways. It is fine to have those boundaries. That is a healthy thing. But rather than just completely disappearing on someone, Caspering encourages you to do that in a friendly way by maybe saying something encouraging that will send them forward into their uh, upcoming dating life, feeling good about themselves rather than like they've just taken a punch in the guts and the nuts, you know? Yeah. Um, So saying something like, hey, I really enjoyed how you checked in with me every morning. That was so sweet. It really made me feel good. I don't think you and I are destined to be together, so I don't want to take up any more of your time. But good luck and keep that up, and I'm sure you'll find your person. And then you can draw a line under that, knowing that you have towed your own line in being being a decent person. Over time, I've seen Caspering pop up with negative interpretations in various online articles. There was one going on about how Caspering was actually worse than ghosting because it was cowardly. It was like pretending that you sort of liked somebody and that you were the good guy, even though you were leaving them. So it was really interesting how people had imposed this negative framework on a term that I always intended to be positive. Maybe that says something about our fairly negative outlook about dating as a whole. Yeah, and you're allowed to change your mind about someone. You're allowed to be like, oh, well, hey, I like your profile, but we've met a couple of times and there's just a few things that aren't quite clicking. If you're caspering someone and they're putting that as a negative thing, this is it, all it is is just going, I've, I've kind of figured out that this isn't, this isn't right and that's okay. That's so strange. I think we do have limits on how many people we can maintain a meaningful friendship or, or connection with. And I think it's good and healthy boundary behaviour to say, hey, thanks for the good times. This isn't going anywhere for me. So I'm going to go away from you. But but good luck for the future. Yeah. Really interesting, though, isn't it? Because everybody has a different opinion on these things, which is, in my opinion, why analysing dating trends giving them these these um, these names that spark up articles and conversation can be a really constructive thing. I, I think of it as like a diagnosis. It's nice to put a name to the thing. Like, you know, if you're if you've gone your whole like your whole life of going, 
well, I talked to this person and then we were talking and then they, they, they're not talking to me anymore. You can feel like you are in your own little bubble of going, but why is that always happening? And then when someone says to you, oh, that's ghosting. And then you're like, uh-huh. that happens to other people. What? And then you can talk about all your experiences of ghosting. It, it's, it's putting a name on it for me that makes it quite a comforting thing because then you know other people have been through it. Yeah, absolutely. And as dating changes, as we um, access different technology uh, and advanced options on dating apps and and in VR and AI and stuff like that, as uh, the things that influence us change, we need new names to describe new behaviours. And personally, you know me, Miranda Kane, I am a freaking fan of a pun. I'm a cunning linguist. I love a bit of wordplay. So on on a shallow as a paddling pool level, I just like it because it often involves a bit of a joke inherent to the name. (laughs) So so it tickles my pickle on that very selfish face. (laughs) Yes. Tell me some of your favourites. Let's get into it. I want to know which ones have been some of the ones that have been cracking you up. Well, the first one I want to address is the idea that in 2023, singletons may be about to enter, drumroll please, their sincere era because they are baying real or bay reeling. Um, This is the action of um, rather than putting up filtered selfies Um, really overthinking your dating profile and presenting yourself in a way that you think other people will find attractive rather than what's genuine and authentic to you. People are going, fuck it. This is who I am. This is who I want. They're being upfront and very genuine about what they look like, what what they're looking for, what their histories are. It's no BS. It's all just um, A plus authenticity. 69% of people who were quizzed by Plenty of Fish said that, yeah, they had filtered photographs in the past because they they thought that that was the way to to get more matches by maybe blurring out some of their perceived imperfections. Um, But 74% of British singletons now say that they would be comfortable posting unfiltered images of themselves on their dating profile. I think this is a really damn good thing. Yeah. Because surely the, like the closer your dating app profile is to the real you, the closer you're likely to come faster to someone who wants the real you yeah. and is into the real you rather than wasting your time and getting that awful emotional exhaustion and horrible deflating disappointment of rocking up to a date to find that somebody isn't that into what's happening because you don't look or come across like the the impression that you gave online anime eyes and clear skin and <laughs> you yeah you don't have emojis yeah. floating around your forehead yeah <laughs> <laughs> good we love to see that brilliant what about is there anything that's uh, any of these trends that are very like now very 2023 that we wouldn't have seen beforehand we probably have seen this in the past although Uh, arguably not to the same crippling level and that is the cost of loving the the real challenges that people are facing now this is part of again the wider cost of living crisis because bills for keeping a roof over your head are going through the roof right now Mm. this is affecting people in a hot in a variety of ways and some really seriously and I don't want to diminish that 
But in particular, plenty of fish have looked at how this is affecting singletons and their dating behavior. And they've come up with this term, cost of loving, to describe that very specific scenario. Um, Over half of singles said that because they were worried about paying for their heating rather than like fancy eating. Yeah. Um, this rising cost of, li- of of loving was impacting how they were planning their dates with 73% of them. I think that's a really high percentage avoiding or cancelling plans because they were worried that their wallet just wouldn't stretch to it. Wow. This doesn't mean that people aren't meeting up with other folks at all and not going out. It does mean that that perhaps they are adjusting the sorts of things that they would do. So rather than do something a bit more indulgent and flash, they're keeping things towards the cheaper end of the spectrum. But I think for some, yeah, it, it will result in them maybe being um, on the plus side, a little bit more careful with with the dates that they choose to go on. On the minus, maybe like restricting the number of people that they, they give themselves a chance with simply because they don't have the coin. It just means you, you work a bit harder and, you know, to get to know each other, which I think is is good. And there's so many different things you can do as well that don't cost anything. Like I'm, I like going out and feeding the ducks on a date, walking around a little pond and... Yeah, I'm a big fan of the cheap and cheerful date. I don't think that you have to be really spenny to have a good time. We run the full gamut, Miri, because, I mean, dating is a microcosm of life, isn't it? You know? 360 show, guys. This is... Oh my God, I am going to segue so smoothly. It's going to be like baby oil on an ice rink because you just said it's a 360 show. I'm going to bring up the trend of 180 dating. Oh, 180 dating. 180 dating. A 180 dating situation. Right, this is when after a breakup, you rebound by starting a relationship with someone totally unexpected. And often, often in this case, a younger partner, an appropriately younger partner, you're doing a total 180 on what might be expected of you and what your previous type was perceived to be. Um, Some celebrity examples, Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson. Who saw that one coming? I mean, apparently she did see coming quite vividly in front of her in front of a roaring fire in memory of her grandma or something weird did you hear that story no no what did they get up to apparently they fucked in front of a fireplace to honor the memory of kim's dead grand oh well we've all done that come on alex what (laughs) i'm gonna have it written in my will (laughs) can you all just have like really can you have really overly sweaty sex in front of a roaring log burner? Like, I mean, do whatever, whenever, why ever, but why tell everyone about it? That just seems a bit like... Uh, but yeah, Pete Davidson, funny guy, a, a lot younger than Kim. Um, another example might be Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde. Both of these women had come out of relationships, Kim's in particular, that was very publicised as being enormously stressful um Kanye we all know that you know he's he's going through his own challenge challenges and as a result has been challenging to to the the people around Mm. him um it's very natural that after a prolonged period of everything being very serious in your previous relationship and um necessarily but weightily grown up and and not very sexy and not very happy 
that you just want an injection of happiness and hedonism and sexiness and scintillation and enjoying the new kind of like fresh uplifting behavior that someone very different can can give you um i think it's interesting that a lot of people pick somebody younger they want that kind of youthful energy and i think i think sometimes having a younger partner can sort of it makes you feel young again yourself doesn't it 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 makes you if you are feeling old aged as a result of a of a bad relationship I can see how dating someone a few years younger than you can kind of, it, it can feel like, yeah, it's it's reinvigorating your life again. Yeah, you're as young as the bloke you feel, aren't you? I, I just, <laughs> I, and also it's just a nice change. Like if you've, if you've had this set kind of person that you've been dating since forever, and then you find yourself going, well, this isn't working. And the thing that I, you know, so let's try something else, you know? So it's it, it, like, I love that. I'm guessing it's not just age related. It can be like, oh, well, I've always gone out with someone who's been into like finance and now I want to go in and now I want to meet someone who's into gaming yeah I think it's, it's about going against type and that actually is that links on to another trend which is clickbaiting mm. now clickbait is, an, clickbait is an interesting one um 58 of people in the plenty of fish survey said that they found more success on dating apps when they extended their matches outside of their usual type a clickbait is someone who won't overly think too hard about who they're choosing to match with they'll just go with their gut instinct oh that person looks interesting click oh that isn't the kind of guy that I'd usually go for but hey I'll I'll give it a whirl click this isn't the kind of gal who uh, is they're nothing like my ex click 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 they are casting their net wide in order to try and catch interesting fish that is not the right approach for everybody, is it? I think I think if you're somebody who who gets that kind of like dating burnout quite quickly by going on on uh, on dates and rendezvous with people who maybe aren't quite the match you're looking for, then maybe that kind of scattergun clickbait approach is going to lead to you becoming tired faster. But if you're somebody who maybe uh, doesn't really know what they what they're looking for at the moment, uh, if you're just seeking to expand your horizons and and meet new people and and you kind of want to learn more about yourself, then I think clickbaiting can be uh, a a really good approach. Or if you're open to the idea that your preconceived concept of what the perfect match might look like could actually be wrong. I mean, how often do we hear about people being really surprised? by the, the person that they've ended up with. Um, not that you have to end up with somebody at all if you don't want to. Lots of people, you know, are really challenging those um, those heteronormative models of relationships. But. I very much, I find myself being very much a clickbayer. Sometimes I'm really, really picky. And then sometimes I'll be like, swipe, 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 let's go. And then I burn myself out. And it's so interesting because I never, I've never put the two together because I'll do that. And then you'll get like messages being like, hey, baby, hey, hey, what are you doing? And you're just like, oh, I can't. And that just makes me delete the whole app. So I've found my cycle, Alex. I've found where I'm going <laughs> wrong. My toxic cycle of swiping. You sound as well, Mary, like a hater, H-E-Y-T-E-R, somebody who cannot stand it when people just open with a, hey. Yes. What's up? Yes. How are you doing? That very uninspired 
boring beige opener. I think we should all be focusing on greet cutes instead of meet cutes. A lot of people romanticize this idea that you're you're going to meet somebody in in real life and it's going to be this kind of like rom-com cinematic moment that it's the story that you'll tell everybody about how you first met up with one another. Um I think if we can channel that energy into how into the the entrance we make that first digital meeting on dating apps for a start it makes for a happier experience for everybody it's so much nicer to um and more inspiring to open a message that says hey what's two things that made you laugh today or um hey here's three ridiculous pictures of some random stuff that I've been up to today uh want to swap three pictures of your day or or something like that I, I just think bringing that kind of energy to things is, is is a good idea, right? That's the kind of thing that I really like when someone's pointed something out on your profile. It's so easy. Greet cutes. Greet cutes. A greet Love cute. it. Yeah, yeah. I think as well as bringing positive energy to the other person, it helps stop that, that sensation of dating burnout for yourself, which is why I also advise people to practice where they can mindful interaction. And I think even if you're not a dating app user, even if you're not on Plenty of Fish, this is maybe a useful thing to think about with the way that you um, you interact with social media, for example, or any other apps on your phone. It's not going to work for everyone, but it can be a good approach to take if you find that dating apps are just, you're burning out on them a little bit. For other people, not overthinking it and keeping it a bit like, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to have have a little swipe here and there. For some people, that is the right attitude. It's horses for courses. But I think if if you find that the way that you are interacting with dating apps is bringing you down, it's worthwhile examining how you can change your behavior. Because going into something, feeling downcast, feeling depressed, feeling a bit hopeless, it's not likely to lead to a great outcome. And it's just unpleasant, isn't it? We need more joy in our lives. Yes. Oh. Miranda. Are you guilty of being an only planner? Have you ever exhibited only plans behavior? Oh, yes, I do do that, uh, which is where you constantly say, hey, we'll meet up, but you never actually make any plans. Is that what we're... That yes. is what... That yes. is just, you've hit the nail on the proverbial <laughs> head and kneecapped it as well, just for good measure. Yeah, only plans is the practice of always making date plans, but never actually getting together in person. I am really guilty of this in my friendships and in my profession connections as well because I just find that I am often as I like to say more thinly spread than a miser's margarine (laughs) what can I say cost of loving isn't it there needs to be there needs to be a dating trend for this is this is one you can come up with for next year for when you've made a plan for in like four weeks time or something and then come the day you're fucking dreading it but if someone says to you on the day oh I'm free tonight do you want to go out and you're like Hell yeah, let's go. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm terrible for that. Yeah, I definitely sometimes overbook myself or say yes to things where I I would I'm kind of on the fence. Um I go I dig deep and I'm like, yeah, go for it. When I'm feeling optimistic or when I'm planning for myself in four weeks time or whatnot, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going to be firing on all cylinders, 100%. I'm going to have so many spoons. I'm going to be able to play the damn things. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm going to be an orchestra of spoons at that point. And then, of course, when that four week period has rolled over and it's rolled, the date has rolled around, 
you've got the same amount of spoons as you always had and they're all empty (laughs) (laughs) and you rue the day that passed you had these big social ambitions right (laughs) ladles ladles um i've got a few others from the plenty of fish prediction i'm going to say the term and i want you to guess what it means Miri, milestone. Oh my God. I, being buried in the ground up to your neck I, and having to point the way to London. <laughs> <laughs> no. Our inbox is about to get a lot more interesting. <laughs> oh God, again. No, milestoning is the idea of ramping up your activity on dating apps to try and secure a date for a milestone event. Yeah. Um, 71% of singles have done it, apparently. The most popular event to try and find a milestone date for is a family wedding or a friend's wedding. Oh. You don't want to go on your own. Oh, yeah. don't do it, guys. Don't do it, because otherwise you're in the pictures. He's in the, they're in the pictures forever. Exactly. Exactly. My number one tip would be if you have scored yourself a milestone date, please make sure that if there's somebody there with a camera, make sure your milestone is not in all group shots or they will end up the millstone around your neck if that relationship doesn't work out and they are there in every single snap forevermore. (laughs) Um, Okay, Miri, next one you got to guess. Eco dumping. Eco dumping. Oh, that's got to do something with the climate crisis. Do you recycle? Do you wash your recycling? Um, are you? I've got just. Oh, <laughs> round of applause for you. Yes, eco dumping is choosing to whether to date or dump somebody based on their sustainability credentials. Even if they rock your world, if they don't care sufficiently about the planet, then uh, you decide you're not going to spend too much time on this earth with them. So someone caring about the environment, has that has really become more of a key characteristic that people are looking for. I don't think it's just, I mean, I think this is a lot about younger people realising mm. that the earth is literally on fire um, and so it's difficult to get hot with someone who doesn't think that that's a problem. So recycling, if they're recycling, it's a good filter. If they care about green stuff, it maybe suggests that there are fewer red flags in other aspects of their mindset. Um, final one. This is, I mean, I'll, I'll be interested to see what you think about this one. Uh, Ekins U-Turning. Mm. Ekins U-Turning. Oh, okay. Ekinsu, Ekinsu, and then U-Turning. So yes! she was going out with someone, then she went out with someone else, and then she went back out with the person she was going out on with on Love Island. It's a Love Island thing. It's a Love Island thing. It is. It's a Love Island thing. This is the. Uh, this is based on famously uh, the relationship of Ekinsu and um, Davide, who got together, split, and then reunited to become winners of Love Island 2022. It feels like a billion, trillion years ago, doesn't it? 70% of Brits, according to Plenty of Fish, admit that they have had a relationship like this, where they've they've left it, they've dumped somebody, or they've they've been dumped, they've split up, uh, and then they've returned to that ex after dating other people. Maybe they had a 180-day experience. It was all very invigorating and exciting at first, but then they realised that the differences that made that person attractive ended up being too different for them to be compatible long-term and they went back to their ex. Um, 51% of people say that there were unresolved issues. They just didn't feel like they were leaving with no stone left unturned. So they wanted to go back and check 
whether there wasn't a way to make this work. Um, half of people said it was a new relationship, actually something like a 180 uh situation that made them realise that what they had before was actually better than they had assessed it to be and that they'd made a mistake. Whereas 28% of folks said it was history. There was just so much shared oh. history. That they couldn't stand to leave the memories behind. Oh. oh, thank you so much. These have all been really, really fascinating. And I cannot wait to see how things work out in 2023 and hear from everyone if they've had any experiences of an Ekinsu turn or if they're a clickbayer or if they've been a milestone or a millstone around someone's neck. Um, Alex, if people want to know more, where can they find you? They can read more about all of the trends and get more statistics at blog.pof.com. That's blog.pof, for plenty of fish, dot com. Um, I'd like to leave people with two little personal tips as well as they go into dating, if they're, if they're experiencing any of these trends. What I find comforting is that there are always constants. There are things that are always true. Um, one thing that's always worked for me is the RAF rule. Asking, are they being RAF? Is their behavior respectful and fun? Mm. If it's not those things, you make like the RAF and you fly out of there. And it really helped me to make very quick decisions early on in relationships and not experience that burnout. The other thing that I found, and this is specific maybe to the kind of people that I am attracted to, but everyone I've shared it with has also found it useful. So some people want to be a light bulb and want other people to act like moths around them, fluttering, giving them love and uh, an appreciation and adoration. Yeah. Whereas other people want to be a light bulb that casts that light upon others and lights them up too and invites them to shine as well. I prefer people who are the light bulbs who make others shine rather than the people who are the light bulbs who want everyone else to be like moths, praising mm. them blindly. All those people have their attractive and um and talented aspects so it can be difficult for to, to to tell one from another but yeah look for the light bulbs who light up others not the ones who just want you to flap around telling them how great they are oh yes i love that give out the warmth don't be the one that burns up the moths <laughs> Oh, Alex Fox, thank you so much for joining us on Smut Drop. It has been a treasured pleasure. Always wonderful to talk to you. Last week, I asked you for your first date ideas. Now, I'm going to say sorry to everyone who sent in something about going to museums and galleries around London. Like, they're not always free for everyone else, but they obviously get an honourable mention. So I'm going to go for ones that I think you can do in, in lots of different places, you know, whether you're in a small town or a big city. Alex on Insta said, I discover my local library does free evening events. They go and find treasures from the vaults and they do a little panel about them. Oh my God, that sounds really interesting. Imagine what is in the vaults of a library. They go on to say, I live in quite a small town. So if they do it, then maybe others might have something just as interesting and accessible. I love that. Oh my God. I bet some libraries have got some really fascinating stuff down in the vaults. Alain says on email, I had a first date where we ended up trying to get as many free biscuits as possible. <laughs> free biscuits. 
We started in a small cafe that had them as tasters, then found ourselves walking into a local gallery that just happened to have some out for guests. We gave ourselves the challenge to find as many free biscuits as we could. A free biscuit scavenger hunt. This sounds amazing. The rule was that they had to be on offer on a plate. We weren't going to steal them. That's fair play. I get that. We ended up at two church coffee mornings, a violin recital, and I'm happy to say together. Oh, <laughs> the couple that hunts for free biscuits together stays together. How lovely. Next week, we are going to be chatting to an expert in getting over a betrayal. Oh, the worst. Has he done you dirty? Did they do you wrong? Has someone cheated you? Oh, tell Auntie Miranda all about it. And you can also ask me any questions. If you've got anything you want to know from our betrayal expert, then just write in. You can slide into my DMs. Just look out for Miranda Kane on Twitter, TikTok and Instagram or email smutdrop at metro.co.uk. I've been Miranda Kane. Smut Drop was produced by Pineapple Audio Production for metro.co.uk. If you are enjoying this weekly visit to my den of equity, then please, please leave me a nice review. It really helps to boost the podcast and my tiny weakened ego. In the meantime, I'm going to be back to prick up your ears next week. And remember, don't do anything I wouldn't do. But if you do, then name it after me. <laughs> I'm ahead of the game.